Alright, quickly, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer, not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Woo! Today is Partnership Sunday, and uh, we're starting a brand new series as well. We are going to be talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. The ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. Before we even uh, get right into it, uh, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is probably the most important person in your life. Amen. And uh, uh, if we look at the life of Jesus, even he who was the embodiment of God himself in the earth, he did not begin his ministry until he was filled or endured with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He waited until he received, the Bible says as he was uh, being baptized by uh, John the Baptist, as he came up, uh, the heavens opened up and uh, in, a, in a bodily form of a dove, the Holy Spirit descended and rested on him. And in the next chapter, in Luke chapter number 4, verse 18, Jesus then publicly declared that he was going into ministry. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, meaning the Holy Spirit, for he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Amen. That, that was the, the, the first assignment Jesus had on his agenda. To preach the gospel to the poor. What is the gospel to the poor? You don't have to be poor anymore. Amen. To heal the brokenhearted. To, to, pre, to, to, to release the captives. To br uh, uh, bring recovery of sight to the blind. And it goes on to say to declare the year of the Lord's favor or the year of Jubilee. And Jesus announced his uh, ministry after he had received the Holy Spirit and he started ministering. If you look at the life of the disciples, Jesus told them at the summit of their ministry. I mean, they had been serving Jesus. Jesus was killed. And on the third day he rose again and they were all excited to tell the world about it. But you know what Jesus said? He said, wait, tarry. Don't do anything. Amen. Tell your neighbor, excitement alone is not a good enough reason to get into ministry. This will preach to someone. Amen. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, I'm excited, man. You will meet with some things that you might not be ready to confront. Amen. Luke chapter number 4, verse 24. We're going to read a lot of scripture. And uh, tell your neighbor this. The Holy Spirit is a person. Tell them he is not some mysterious force. Tell them he is not spooky. It's sad to say that the Pentecostal church has made the Holy Spirit some spooky thing. Amen? The only time we ever refer to the Holy Spirit, it is when something spooky happens. But to me, man, I, I'm, I'm in constant, consistent fellowship with the Holy Spirit even when I'm in my car, driving, and I'm normal. The church won't believe that. Amen? In the church, according to the church doctrine, religious doctrine, the Holy Spirit is only there when people are shaking or are throwing up or they are doing crazy things. Okay, moving right along. 
Luke chapter number 24 verse 46. We're going to kill some sacred cows while we at it. Amen. Uh, then he said, Assuredly, I say unto you, then he said to them, Thus it is written, and that thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all the nations, beginning at Jerusalem. This is the assignment. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise, capital letter P, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, amen, of my Father upon you, but tarry or wait, don't do anything. Amen. Tarry, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with the power from on high. Amen. Amen. You have to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, watch this, for you to live a victorious life. Acts chapter number 1 verse 4. Acts chapter number 1 verse 4. Thank you Jesus. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Someone say wait. I'm so glad you and I don't have to wait. Because the Holy Spirit has been given. But the point I'm making is, even though the disciples had such an exciting message of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, he still told them to wait. He said, don't do anything. Amen? He said, wait... Uh, for the promise of the Father, which he said, and you have heard from me. Next verse. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Next verse. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. So if anyone comes to you and says to you, the world is ending on the 6th of October, according to this scripture, you already know they are lying. Because this has been put under the authority of the Father. Did you see that? Next verse. But you, so don't worry about when the world will end. This is what you should worry about. You shall receive what? I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. I did not hear that. You shall receive power. Amandla. Amen. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And that word power in the Greek is dunamis. But in the, uh, 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 you know, the closest word is ability. You shall receive ability after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall have power. You shall have ability to carry out my authority. You know, the one time I was driving from seeing my parents and I was uh, over speeding. I was not as saved as most of you are in here. So I was doing 70 where I was supposed to be doing 60. So there was a police officer, you know, standing on the side of the road. And, you know, he was like, man, jackpot. And then he started waving me down. You know, and then I slowed down and I looked at him. And I looked at, at his uniform and I was like, oh yeah, he's got a uniform. He's a real police officer. You know what that means? That means he has authority. And then I kept looking and looking around and I didn't see a gun. 
And then I kept looking and looking and I didn't see a car. So I was like, oh, this guy has authority. But he's got no ability. So as I was slowing down, man, something came on me. I really wanted to stop. But the burden was strong. Amen. Man, and I just put my foot on the... <laughs> and I took off. And as I was driving, I looked through the rear view mirror. And he, he tried to run after me. But guess what? His ability was limited. That is what happens to a Christian who has not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You have authority, you have the uniform, but your ability is limited. Amen? What that means is you win some battles, but you lose many battles. But when you have both authority and ability, you can use your authority on something, and if it disobeys, you can bring in the gun and the 3 Series BMW to enforce your authority. And not only will you say, not only will you say, be healed in Jesus' name, if that thing refuses, you can bring in ability and say, hey, Puma! And it has to come out. Amen? So shout, I need both the ability and the authority. So every believer needs to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is what we call the second work of grace. Amen? And when you have the Holy Spirit, you are going to have power. The Holy Spirit is all about producing results. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 20, the kingdom of God is not in fancy talk, but it is in demonstration of power. Now, demonstration of power does not mean uh, me telling you your, your, your cell phone number prophetically. That's not power. Power simply means getting results. See, because if, if I tell you your phone number prophetically and you're still broke, there was no demonstration of power. Can I preach up in here? See, because we have a perversion in the church, that which they call power, when people are doing all crazy things. Power is not when you drink uh, petrol for orange juice. That's not power. That's just stupid. Power is getting results. Power is when you and I have the, the authority and the ability to influence our communities for Jesus. Power is when we can transform people's lives. This is why we've only measured the success in ministry for this ministry by one thing. And that one thing is transformed lives. Hallelujah. Let us move on. I have a lot of things to talk about here. Thank you, Jesus. Judges chapter number 21 verse 25 now if you're taking down notes I want you to write this down every believer needs to be submitted to the authority of God by being submitted to the authority of the Holy Spirit and this way we are guaranteed a life of, of success am I going fast yeah good you need to get the message on whatsapp amen Make sure you visit our website and get the message. Judges chapter number 21, verse 25. Watch what it says. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in who? Everyone. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. 
This is the beginning of a downfall. When you start living your life based on what you deem is right, you're going to live a life of downfall. Give it to me in the Message Bible. It says something a little different, but similar. Watch what it says. At that time, there was no king in Israel, and people did whatever they felt like doing. See, when you live a life of doing whatever you feel like doing, watch what will happen to you. Next verse. Go into the next chapter, the next book. Just, just go next. You'll see what will happen. Just go next. Just click next. Ruth chapter number 1 verse 1. If you're reading in a manual Bible, just flip a page and watch what happens. Once upon a time, no, give it to me in the King James. Go back to the King James. And now it came to pass. Remember, they were doing what they felt like. And this is what came to pass. This is what will come to pass when you just live your life according to how you deem is right. And not under the submission of the Holy Spirit. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. The first sign of a life lived based on someone's feeling and someone's direction is a drought. When you see a, a, a famine in your finances, I already know you're not handling your finances according to the direction of the Holy Spirit. Oh, okay, moving right along. When I see a famine in your marriage, can I go there? When I see a famine in your marriage, it means you are just handling marriage whichever way you want to handle marriage. But marriage was instituted by God and God gave guidelines to a successful marriage. So we have to be submitted to the authority of the Holy Spirit. You have to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you concerning a matter. And I've got to tell you, the Holy Spirit will never contradict the written word of God. Amen? I said amen. Let us go now. Let's lay some foundations. John chapter number 4, 14 verse 15. John chapter number 14 verse 15. Watch what it says. Jesus is speaking. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Next verse. And I will pray the Father and you will give you another helper. Another helper. In the King James, I think it says another comforter. The Holy Spirit is a helper. Amen. And he comes to help someone who's doing something. See, if you're not doing something, you don't need help. Did you see that? Only people that are doing something need help. So he comes to be a helper. That word helper is paracletus in the Greek. It simply means he is your comforter, he is your helper, he is your deliverer, and all of the above. And watch what Jesus said. He said he will give you another helper. That word another is alos in the Greek. It simply means another of the same kind. So Jesus is saying God is about to give you someone who is like me. Amen. And he says that he may abide with you for how long? Forever. And I remember wondering, you know, wondering about, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and having the Holy Spirit within me. That what if I backslide? Would the Holy Spirit go back to heaven and just say, ah, this one is stupid. I'm going to leave him. And just throw a fit and leave me. No, Jesus answered the question. He said, you abide with you for how long? Forever. I didn't hear that. Forever. Next verse. And the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. What does that mean? That means if you're not saved, you cannot, cannot, cannot. Notice it didn't say it's a hard thing. 
You cannot. It's impossible. No way, Jose. Amen. You cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Notice again, he keeps using the pronoun him and not it. Can you see that? The Holy Spirit, you cannot refer to the Holy Spirit as an it because he is not a, a thing. He is a person. Amen. I said amen. You, but you know him. For he dwells with you and he will be with you. Next verse. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Amen. Luke chapter number 11 verse 10. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter number 11, verse 10 14. For everyone who asks, you know, some people came to me. Uh, I remember there was a friend of mine uh, in California. He uh, had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and he started speaking in tongues. And he was so excited about the, the experience. He went home and he told his wife, Hey, honey, I just received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and now I have the ability to speak in tongues. And, you know, he started speaking in tongues. And the wife said, How do you know that you have received? What you received was the Holy Spirit. And how do you know that the tongues you are speaking are not tongues of the devil? valid question right he answers it in this scripture next verse no before we go to the next verse for everyone who asks what what happens he who seeks what happens to him who knocks what will happen next verse if a son asks for bread from any father among you will you give him a stone or if he asks for fish will you give him a serpent instead of a fish Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Next verse. If you then, being evil, know how to give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father give the Holy Spirit to those who? So in other words, if you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, what will the Father give you? So why should you even concern yourself whether the tongues you are speaking are of the... No, I didn't ask for the tongues of the devil. I didn't ask for an evil spirit. The father just told me, if you know how to give bread when Muneso asked for bread, what makes you think me sitting in heaven will give you some scorpionic spirit when you ask for the Holy Spirit? And you know what happened? After the wife questioned him, he doubted and he regressed and he lost what he had uh, attained. Listen, when you ask God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, He will give you the Holy Spirit. He's a good father. Amen. And, and listen, this will bring boldness to your life. You remember the disciples? Before they had an experience of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they were cowardice. I mean, Peter denied Jesus for how many times? Three times in one minute. And after he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Bible records that him and John, the one time they were going to the uh, synagogue and right at the uh, gate of the temple, the gate was called Beautiful, there was a, an impotent man there, crippled man. He was sitting there and they went to him. And I'd like to believe that they had used this rod several times and they, they had seen the man. But because they did not have the Holy Spirit, they were not bold enough to do what was right. And this day, it was a different day because they had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says they came to the man and they said, Look on us. 
Amen. <laughs> and they said, hey, listen, silver and gold we don't have. But such as we have in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the Bible said they picked him up and he leaped out of joy and he went and he broke a religious service. The Bible says he went in dancing like crazy. See, when God has touched your life, you don't care what the person standing next to you thinks of your praise and your worship. And he went in there, man. He terrorized that whole place. He was jumping and screaming and doing cartwheels and standing on his head. You know why? Because he understood how good God had been to him. See, if you're waiting and you want a crank, you know, a crank to, for you to, to lift your hands, you know. People in the rock concerts these days, they don't even get crank. They lift up their hands, even in a rock concert. Even for Jay-Z, people just lift up their lifting, lifting up. Man, where I grew up, lifting up your hands was such sacred. People never used to do it, but these days everyone is doing it. So it's not a big deal. Amen? Now, if it's not a big deal and you can't even do it in church, You probably don't even understand the, ma the magnitude of what the Lord has done for you. Man, there's such a stirring up, there's such a joy that will rise up on the inside of you when you come to the, to the realization of what the Lord has done for you. You will just leap for joy. Amen? You will just start jumping. You will just shout hallelujah. Is that the psalmist? He says, when I think of the goodness of the Lord, my soul cries out hallelujah. You know what that means? That means it just comes out. I can't hold it. And even if I can't do it, he commanded his soul. He said, bless the Lord, all my soul. Even if my soul doesn't give me a praise, I will command it. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within me. Everything that is within me, bless his holy name. So he went in there, terrorized the service, broke the service. The religious rulers got sad and angry and they wanted to persecute Peter. So they confronted Peter in the presence of Pilate. And Peter, the one who had denied Jesus, this time around he was a different Peter. You know why? Because he had the boldness of the Holy Spirit within him. He said to them, he said, no, don't marvel at this as if it is according to our own hands that this man has been healed. He said, don't marvel at that. It is the same Jesus that you murdered. In place of a murderer it is the same Jesus the same one you killed it is according it is it is in his name and faith in his name that this man has been healed he had boldness what was different about him this time he had the baptism of the Holy Spirit amen when you receive the Holy Spirit there is a boldness that comes upon your life that cannot be explained hallelujah I said hallelujah Let's go to Acts chapter number 19, verse 1. Acts chapter number 19, verse 1. I love the Holy Spirit, man. Acts chapter number 19 from verse 1. We're still laying, on, laying a foundation. Amen. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples... Who did he find? Go back. Go back to verse 1. Who did he find? I didn't hear that. So in other words, these people were already saved. Amen. These were saved people. And what did he say to them? And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they did, there's a difference between believing and receiving the Holy Spirit. These are two different graces. Amen. I said amen. 
I got saved, I think, in uh, uh, 2002, and I only received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in 2003 because that's when it was preached to me. And I'll tell you this, I got saved and I went straight into serving, you know, in ministry. I went into serving, you know, I, man, I was just crazy. I would pick up anything that needed to be picked up. I even led the choir. And I, was, I just wanted to serve the Lord. I just wanted to do anything. Man, I, and then I went to a service. In fact, it was uh, an all-night prayer meeting uh, at my brother's house. And, you know, we had a life group different people from different churches and people were praying in tongues and then i went to a gentleman called nelson and i asked him i said what is this thing that you guys you know are doing you know praying he said oh you have not heard of the holy spirit and he began to teach me about the holy spirit and once you get taught your faith rises because the bible says in romans 10 17 faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god you cannot believe for what you have not heard after i had heard it i started believing for it and guess what i received it the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I received that with the evidence of speaking in other tongues which we will deal with in the coming weeks amen so he asked them he said when you believed what did you believe then so he said to them they said we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit you see the reason they didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is because they had not heard so much as whether there is a holy spirit see when you go to a church that does not preach uh, prosperity you're not going to prosper you know why you have not heard there is such a thing as prosperity if you go to a church that does not believe in divine healing and divine health you're not going to get divine healing or divine health you know why because it has not been taught and you cannot believe for it next verse and he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Next verse. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him, him being Jesus, who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Next verse. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied at the end of this series we're going to be laying hands on some people who want to receive the baptism of the holy spirit and they will indeed speak with other tongues and prophesy amen, amen. let's go now to uh what time is it half past oh wow all right okay let's do this quick five minutes um wow Okay, we're going to be talking about 15 things that the Holy Spirit would do in the life of a believer. So the first thing that I want to just touch on today, uh, again, this is not an exhaustive study. You know, I could never teach on the Holy Spirit, even if I had 15 years. Amen. So this is just a survey. Him, the Holy Spirit, will minister to you on who He is, even greater than this sermon. Amen. So the first thing the Holy Spirit will do is to give you utterance to speak in tongues. Amen. He will give you utterance to speak in tongues. Now, there are different. There are three different tongues mentioned in Scripture. Number one, the first tongue that we see mentioned in Scripture is just talking in a different language. Again, this is not learning languages fast. This is a supernatural 
endowment of the Holy Spirit where you will begin to minister in a language that has not been previously learned before. And that is what the disciples did on the day of Pentecost. The Bible said Peter began to proclaim the gospel in Hebrew. Some began to proclaim the gospel in Aramaic. Some began to proclaim the gospel in Greek. And all the men could hear themselves. They could hear these, what these men were saying in their own home languages. And having perceived that these men were unlearned, they knew that these men had walked with Jesus. There, is no, there was no other way to explain it. So that's the first tongue that we see. A supernatural endowment. If God wants you to minister to someone who speaks a different language, He will just shoo, endow you, and all you have to do is open your mouth and He will begin to speak through you so that the gospel can be taught. Amen? The second tongue that we see uh, in Scripture is a tongue that is spoken in addressing the congregation. And again, the Apostle Paul says, when you speak this tongue, there must be an interpretation. Amen? Not a translation, an interpretation. Okay? <laughs> so you speak a tongue, address the congregation, and it must be interpreted. And I operate in this a lot. You know, I just tap into it. I speak in tongues. In fact, on Tuesday, as I was praying in tongues... The Holy Ghost just came and began to inspire me to interpret my own tongues. And I began to prophesy. In fact, that's what prophecy is. Prophecy is an interpretation of the tongues that we receive from the Father. Hallelujah! The third tongue that we see in Scripture is praying in other tongues. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14 verse 2. Praying in other tongues. 1 Corinthians chapter number 14 verse 2. Watch what it says. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to who? So this is a different tongue. Remember the tongue I told you about is when you're addressing man. This tongue is when you're speaking to God. He who speaks in an unknown tongue, give it to me in the original King James. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man. So when I'm, when I'm praying in an unknown tongue and people always, you know, come to me and they always want to challenge me. Hey, how come you speak in this thing that we cannot understand? I'm not even talking to you. <laughs> Did you see that? I'm not even talking to you. <laughs> so it's Nanya. Tell your neighbor it's Nanya. Nanya business. Amen. It's Nanya business. I'm not even talking to you. Amen. But unto God, for no man understandeth him. How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. That Greek word for mystery is mysterion. Or strategies. So when you're praying in an unknown tongue, you're speaking things that are beyond you. Stra heavenly strategies that are hidden even from the enemy. Not only are you doing that, you are issuing heavenly decrees for things to be done. Amen? It's mysterions. It's even a mystery to you. Do you know why God makes you pray mysteries that are mysteries even to you? Because He wants you to pray prayers that are bigger than you. Man, some of you, if you knew you were praying to be the president, you wouldn't pray that prayer. 
So what God does is He takes that prayer and wraps it in a tongue and puts it in your mouth and as you shanda mashegerebosa, you are declaring, I am going to be the next president of this nation. Some of you will be praying for your boss's job and you won't even know it. But God knows if He gives it to you in English, you will be so intimidated because you are so scared of your boss. Amen? And for some of you, you have limited vocabulary. Amen? And I do have limited vocabulary. There are certain things I can't pray for. Because I don't know how to pray for them. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter number 8, verse 26, uh, uh, the, the, the Spirit maketh intercession on behalf of us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And it goes on to say that uh, for, for, for He prays through us, we should know how to pray, but we don't. And He prays through us the things that we should be praying. So the Holy Spirit is there to guide you and give you unlimited vocabulary. How many of you know that God can speak Chinese? But the reason why God doesn't speak to you and me in Chinese is because we all have limited vocabulary and capabilities. So the Holy Spirit takes you out of the realm of limitations into the realm of unlimitations. So you're not just talking some crazy, crazy something. No, you're actually praying your future into place. Man, I pray in tongues all the time. In fact, when I don't know what to do, I pray in tongues. <laughs> and usually I get utterance. I know the next thing I'm going to say, I'll be interpreting my own tongue. Amen. <laughs> and the, the other reason you're praying, Romans 8 verse 26. Romans 8 verse 26. Watch what it says. For we do not know how to pray as we ought to. Likewise, the Spirit also maketh helps us in our weaknesses uh, in the King James it would say infirmity let's use King James infirmities that word infirmities means limitations he says the spirit helps you in your limitations amen for we know not what we should pray for as we ought see you don't know what you should be praying for to a greater extent you don't you know, when I'm at work and my daughter is at home and she's faced with danger, I don't know that I should be praying for that. But guess what? When I shanda boshe, I send a prayer to protect her without even knowing it. Did you see that? <laughs> so he's taking you into a realm where you're praying for things that are beyond you. Some of you, you know, you've submitted applications, you've done this, and there are people handling your papers and so on and so forth, and it just never comes to pass. You need to be praying in tongues. I remember, man, the one time uh, my wife and I, every year we sit down together and we write our petitions for the year. And as we were writing down our petitions, we had one particular petition, which was supposed to come, on, uh, come to pass on the 31st of January. We had a date on it. And the 31st of January came, and as I was driving to Botswana uh, to one of our business meetings there, uh, I, the Holy Spirit prompted me to pray in tongues. So I literally prayed in tongues from here all the way to my hotel in, in Havaron. And as I was checking in at the hotel, my wife called me and she said, Oh, that thing that we've been waiting for has been approved. It's come to pass. And I was still not convinced because I was like, when did it get approved? In fact, this was the 3rd of February. When did it get approved? Because I put 31st. 
of January on my petition. And when they brought the papers back, the stamp on it was the 31st of January. Amen. So the Holy Spirit, He will pray through you for things. And we have heard testimonies after testimonies of people that were prompted to just start praying in the Holy Ghost. And a few days later, someone picks up the phone and they say, Man, you won't believe what happened to me on this day. And in that very same hour that they were praying for them. So when you don't know what to do, just go in and tap into this unlimited reserve and start praying in tongues. Amen. When we are getting ready to make decisions for this ministry, we always pray in tongues. We always pray to God and submit to God. And whatever God tells us to do, that's what we are going to do. For those of you who are single and are planning to get married, you need to pray in tongues for your spouse. And let me tell you, God will speak to you. You might not obey, but He will speak to you. In fact, they've done a, re uh, a survey and they've said 90% of the people that go through a divorce knew they were going to divorce their spouse while they were walking down the aisle. They knew it. But this is not the right man. This is not the right woman. The Holy Spirit told them. See, the Holy Spirit ministers to all of us. I don't care who you are. There's no greater measure for the bishops and the apostles. In fact, while you're listening to me right now, some of you think you're listening to Tafara. No, you're not. You're listening to the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because if we compared notes, they're all different. If you were looking, if you were listening to Tafara, all our notes would be the same, right? You are hearing the messenger within the messenger. And he's ministering to you exactly what you need to hear for this specific moment. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. On Tuesday, we were praying. And we've always uh, believed that we are a missional uh, ministry. We're not just a church that believes, you know, we should become a mega church. We believe in planting and sending people and so on and so forth. And as we were praying, the Lord began to speak to me on uh, Tuesday night as we were praying that I've called you to a greater calling than just Johannesburg in South Africa. You know, I've called you to uh, uh, all over the world. And particularly, I could hear North America in my spirit. I could hear North America in my spirit. And there are certain things that we have been planning and, you know, discussing. But I didn't know how these things were all going to work out. And as I was praying in tongues, I began to tell God, God, show me a sign that I am indeed called to this thing. And I remember uh, I went for my uh, uh, U.S. Uh, visa uh, interview on Wednesday and all of the other years I'd gone in they'd given me the least uh, a possible time you can give anyone just one year and I was running out of pages and I said Lord use this as a sign give me a longer time if you want me to minister to North America how many of you know that in 20 years time Africa will be sending more missionaries to the world than the West Africa will be the most Christian continent and if you don't learn, if you don't brace up, if you don't equip yourself, if you don't train yourself to be a minister, you're going to miss an opportunity, a great season to do something amazing for God. I went in there and I was talking to the guy and he said, where are you going this time? We spoke and he said to me, okay, your visa has been approved. And as I was about to walk out, the Holy Spirit prompted me to ask for a longer term. I said, wait a minute, sir, can I get a longer term? And he looked at me and he said, sure. And I said, praise the Lord. And he had to start the process all over again. Amen.
Didn't the Bible just tell us if you ask, you'll receive? But you have to ask according to His will. You have to find out what God is doing, where He wants you to go. And as you ask, listen to the Holy Spirit. Now we are going into a season of prayer. Every Tuesday we're going to be meeting here for prayer. And last Tuesday was just phenomenal. I mean, I could see breakthroughs in the atmosphere. Amen. We are going into a season of prayer, but more than just talking to God and praying the way we know traditionally, we are going to be hearing from God. We are going to be listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I can tell you in this season, He will begin to give to some witty inventions, creative ideas for their businesses that will change and revolutionize the way your industry has been doing things up until today. In this season, many, many, many who have relied on their talents and abilities will realize that re re relying on the ability of the Holy Spirit is far superior than your college degree. Many in this season will tap into a supernatural realm that will change their lives forever. Songs will be downloaded from the spiritual realm. Business ideas will be down. I'm prophesying in case you didn't realize. Business ideas will be downloaded from the spiritual realm. Africa, the landscape of Africa will be changed, but it's up to God's children to change. We have to come into a season where we will sit and listen to God. There was a gentleman called George Washington Carver. He single-handedly liberated the economy of the South in the U.S. And what you would do is that every morning you'd go into a room with a blank piece of paper and you'd listen to God. And by listening to God, he came up with over 300 products from a peanut. From face powders to uh, whey proteins and so on and so forth. You know how he did it? He listened to God. Who was that man who uh, uh, came up with uh, gravity? Newton? Newton says, it came to me. See, every great invention, you don't pursue it. It comes to you. But you have to be open to receive it. He says, it came to me while I was sitting under a tree and an orange fell down and it came to me. And the man with, for the Eureka invention, as he was sitting in his bathtub, the water rose and it came to him. It hit him that you could now measure the volume of a, of a solid object. But he had to pay attention. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you praise and honor for who you are. Lord, we thank you that even in this season that we are tapping into, that we may be sensitive to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Father, we thank you that our hearts are ready to receive from you. Lord, right now we bring before you every business in the house. Lord, we thank you that you are releasing mantles. You are releasing creative ideas. You are releasing witty inventions from the spiritual realm. Father, we thank you that you are releasing ways that have never been seen before. Ways that will redefine the landscape of what your children do. Father, we thank you for the Jacob inspiration in this season. Father, we thank you for inventions. Father, we thank you for every career represented in this house. 
Lord, we thank you for acceleration in their destiny. Lord, we thank you that these your children will excel because of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Father, right now we pray for a spirit of meekness, a teachable spirit, Lord. Even as you said that the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth, that he will teach us of all the things to come. Father, we thank you that we are positioning ourselves to be students, to learn from you, to hear from you. Right now, I cast out the spirit of pride in the name of Jesus. We bind the spirit of know-it-all. Father, we empty ourselves of the knowledge that we have accumulated. And we say, fill us up. Fill us up with your glory. Fill us up with the way that you want us to do things. Lord, we submit even this ministry before you. Show us the direction to go and we will go into it. Father, we thank you for all our leaders. We thank you that you are speaking to them. Lord, we thank you that they will lead as unto the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you that you are guiding their steps. Even as you said in Psalm 37, 23, that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. The steps of faith here are to be ordered of the Lord. And we submit before you this morning. Father, we bring into submission every marriage relationship represented here this morning. Father, we thank you for every relationship that is represented here this morning. We submit it to the guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Lord, where you say turn, we will turn. Where you say run, we will run. Where you say forgive, we will forgive. We will not let hurts determine how we handle relationships. But we will love even as Christ loved the church. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. Thank you that it is as a refreshing, even as you said in Isaiah 28, that they will stammer, they will speak with stammering lips, they will speak in unknown tongues, and it will be as a refreshing to their soul. Lord, we thank you for this refreshment to our souls. Father, we honor you, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. And everyone say, Amen and Amen.